Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Transformation Radio.
And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of John, chapter 3, verses 7 through 24. You know, we all have areas where temptation is strong and habits are hard to conquer. These weaknesses give the devil a foothold. So we must deal with our areas of vulnerability. If we're struggling with a particular sin, however, these verses we'll be reading are not directed at us. If we're struggling with a particular sin, however, these verses are not directed at us, even if for the time we seem to keep on sinning. John is not talking about people whose victories are still incomplete. No, he's talking about people who make a practice of sinning and look for ways to justify it. Three steps are necessary to find victory over prevailing sin. Three steps. Number one, seek the power of the Holy Spirit and God's Word. Number two, stay away from tempting situations. And number three, seek the help of the body of Christ. Don't try to go it on your own. Be open to their willingness to hold you accountable and to pray for you. They can't keep on sinning. As a term we'll read here in today's scripture, it means that true believers do not make a practice of sinning nor do they become indifferent to God's moral law. All believers still sin, but they're working to gain victory over sin. Now, we're born into God's family when the Holy Spirit lives in us and gives us Jesus' new life. Being born again is more than a fresh start. That's a rebirth, receiving a new family name based on Christ's death for us. When this happens, God forgives us and totally accepts us. The Holy Spirit gives us a new mind and heart, lives in us, and begins helping us to become like Christ. Our perspective changes, too, because we have a mind that is renewed day by day by the Holy Spirit. We have to begin to think and act differently. Now, Cain killed his brother Abel when God accepted Abel's offering and not his. Abel's offering showed that Cain was not giving his best to God, and Cain's jealous anger drove him to murder People who are morally upright expose and shame those who aren't. If we live for God, well, the world will often hate us because we make them painfully aware of their immoral way of living. John echoes Jesus' teaching that whoever hates another person is a murderer at heart. Strong words. Christianity is a religion of the heart. Outward compliance alone is not enough. Bitterness against someone who's wronged you is an evil cancer within you and will eventually destroy you. Don't let a poisonous root of bitterness grow in you or your church. Now, the mutual relationship living in Christ as He lives in us shows itself in Christians who keep these three essential commands. Number one, believe in Christ. Number two, love the brothers and sisters. And number three, live morally upright lives. The Spirit's presence is not only spiritual and mystical, but it's also very practical. Our conduct verifies His presence. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. December 3rd, the New Testament. 1 John chapter 3, verses 7 through 24. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right... It shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. 
Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are the children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and He knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence, and we will receive from Him whatever we ask, because we obey Him and do the things that please Him. And this is His commandment. We must believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as He commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with Him, and He with them. And we know He lives in us because the Spirit He gave us lives in us. Psalm 122, verses 1 through 9. Going to God's house can be a chore or a delight. For the writer, it was a delight, the writer of the psalm. As a pilgrim attending one of the three great religious festivals, he rejoiced to worship with God's people in God's house. We may find worship a chore if we have unconfessed sin or if our love for God is cooled. But if we're close to God and enjoy His presence, we'll be eager to worship and praise Him. Our attitude toward God will determine our view of worship. Now the thrones where judgment is given, as we shall read about here today, are the courts of justice by the town gate. 
In Bible times, the elders in a town sat to hear cases and administer justice at the gate. Sometimes the king himself would sit at the gate to meet his subjects and make legal decisions. Speeches and prophecies were also made at the city gate. The writer here in Psalms today was not praying for his own peace and prosperity, but for that of his family and friends in Jerusalem. This is intercessory prayer, prayer on behalf of others. Now, too often we're quick to pray for our own needs and our own desires, but uh, we can often neglect interceding for others. Remember back in Job, the scripture says, the captivity of Job was turned as he prayed for his friends. Will you intercede for someone in need today? Psalm 122, verses 1 through 9. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. A psalm of David. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. And now, here we are, standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord, as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for the peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, May you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Proverbs 29, verse 1. Whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery. Watch out, heaven, because here I come, and now storm the gates, because we have won. Boldly before your throne, I'm coming, I'm coming home, and now watch out, heaven, because here I come, and now storm the gates, because we have won. Boldly before your throne, I'm coming, I'm coming home, because the devil ain't got no thing on me, because I'm taking back, taking back my fault. I'm coming, I'm coming home I said, watch 
today's In Touch devotion. Today's scripture reading begins in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were, by nature, children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love, with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that, in the ages to come, He might show the surpassing riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Why is it that so many who have placed faith in Jesus Christ find themselves struggling and feeling defeated? One reason may be that they have never grasped exactly what took place when they were saved. Further, they may fail to understand salvation's current meaning in their life. From God's viewpoint, before we trust Christ the Lord as our Savior, we're spiritually dead in our transgressions, under His wrath, and condemned to eternal separation from Him. We were people who deserved judgment, yet whose efforts were futile against divine anger rebellious people who were unable to turn to Him apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. God knew we were helpless and hopelessly lost. Clearly, something outside of ourselves was needed for us to be made acceptable in His eyes. And God loved us so much that He was willing to do whatever was necessary to rescue us from our desperate condition. His solution was grace. God sent a Savior who bore our sins became sin for us, and endured the wrath of God for those sins. This Savior was God's one and only Son, who paid the debt we owed for our past, present, and future transgressions, a debt we never could have paid. Jesus was the sacrificial Lamb who shed His blood in our place, a Redeemer who offers to rescue us from spiritual death and make us acceptable before God. What takes place at salvation? It's a miracle of life-conquering death, a rebirth for all who humbly believe. Oceans deep 
Today's word on Minute with Maxwell is care, and Donna Huffman, who's an owner and has a sales company from Hickory, North Carolina, submitted that word. The first question a follower asks of a leader is not, are you competent, or um, are you going to just even help me? The first word they ask when they look at a leader and decide to follow him or her is, do you care for me? And the reason for that is we don't want to submit our life to somebody that we feel would manipulate us or in some way intentionally hurt us. 
And so the question, care, the, do you care for me, is one that is very significant to all of our lives because that's the first step to trust, which is the first step to relationships. So today, go out and care for somebody. It is the first step of a wonderful journey together. Like the rust in leaves of autumn 
Now every chain lies broken And finally we're free My name is Rob Drake. I'm from Xenia, Ohio. I'm 47 years old. I was born and raised in a Christian home. For the first 19 years of my life, I was obedient to my parents and followed the ways of my upbringing, participating in all the church functions and doing what any Christian person would do. But then when I began to work out in the world, I started falling in the ways of the world, and before I knew it, I started drinking. started smoking prior to that. My father said if I didn't quit smoking, then the next thing I know, I'd be doing other things. And sure enough, it wasn't long after that, and I was drinking on a regular basis. And it didn't take very long before I started having consequences, negative consequences for my use. And I ended up divorcing my wife and leaving her for another woman which broke my relationship with her and my daughter. And I had been into several different rehabs and never was successful. It was just a short time after I would complete a rehab that I would start drinking again. So I never had any success. I just continued down this road in and out of relationships with different women and could never find any contentment or satisfaction. And I was lost and hopeless and helpless, been in and out of prison, just was at the end of my road, and finally I became homeless. I decided God was calling me to go to the refuge. My pastor and my family encouraged me to go there, and so I came to the refuge where I have established a relationship with God. I'm saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and God is starting to fill me with the things that He would have for me to do. and. I just encourage my brothers that's coming in to stick in there. I know you're going to have thoughts of leaving, but I'm telling you that's just the enemy trying to pull you back out into the world. Give it a chance and, and let God create in you what He wants you to be because you do have purpose and direction that He can only reveal to you. And there's where you'll find true contentment in life.
podcast make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of transformation radio